The Women Mind the Water podcast engages artists in conversation about their work and explores their connection with the ocean. Through these stories, Women Mind the Water hopes to inspire and encourage action to protect the ocean and her creatures. Today, I am speaking with Lisa Blanchard. Lisa's creative energies were nurtured by growing up in a creative family and living along the coast of Maine. Since she took her first glassmaking class in 1984, Lisa has enjoyed exploring, creating, and teaching her craft in her Glass Mermaid studio. Let me start by asking about your journey. How did you become an artist? I guess I, I don't generally define myself as an artist. It's not the first thing when I think of who I am as what pops to mind. I... Um, I think if I had to pick a couple words that would define myself, I, I would define myself as curious and um, an inquisitive and a person who creates things. And I think my curiosity and my inquisitiveness are part of my art making journey, I guess. Um, so how I got to where I am, I guess, in a, a little bit, of a nutshell, I'm ninth generation Maine, same town. And um, growing up, we made things um, in my family and we made things out of necessity. We didn't have a lot of money growing up. Um, my dad was a plumber. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, typical of most of us growing up in the 60s. And we made things and I continued to make things and as I grew up I just we made things and over time those homemade things became more valuable to me more valuable than store-bought items um, my formal schooling I was a science and math girl always never took an art class in school in high school or college there weren't even art classes offered at the college I went to um, but at some point there was this paradigm shift where I wanted my, I wanted to create at a, on a larger, more professional level and wanted to learn as much as I could and become proficient at what I was working on. And at the time, my, my, my starting, my interest, my favorite medium was glass. And I've since expanded to do a lot of painting and drawing, but I like to think that I combine both glass and painting in the works that I'm doing. Um, I have childhood memories of, I, I guess why I'm drawn to art and glass and painting is I have these very vivid memories of a child and um, growing up on the Piscataquah River, we spent a lot of time on boats. And even as a young child, looking at boats, I was able to, in my own mind, decide some boats were much prettier than others. They had beautiful lines. And lines and mark making have always been a huge part of what I see visually when I'm looking out in the world. 
And glass is just another thing that I have a vivid memory of a child as being drawn to. I remember holding a, a small blue, light blue vase that was hand blown. It was my grandmother's or great grandmother's at someone's house. And just being drawn to the smoothness and the softness of the glass and how, how pretty it was. I just thought it was so pretty. And um, I guess that's why I started focusing on the glass. I am drawn to how it looks and its translucent qualities. So tell me more about your process. How do you choose your subjects? And how do you go about creating each piece? The processes are very different depending on whether I'm on the torch or on my, in the kiln or painting. So there's not a one process that, and I do find inspiration everywhere. Um, whether I'm kayaking and looking down at the horseshoe crabs that are crawling around underneath me, which is one of my favorite things to do on the, the early spring tides when we have all the horseshoe crabs coming into the cove to lay eggs. I just love kayaking and watching them. So horseshoe crabs are a favorite subject. I love to create those in glass. I haven't tried that on the lamp, um, on my torch, but on my torch, I make lots of fish and lots of seashells. And I do seem to have a common theme of ocean, but it's not just ocean. It's kind of anything that's out outside and, and, and inspires me. Um, so Lisa, I'd like to hear the story behind a particular piece you've created, one that reflects on your connection with the ocean. And please, when you were discussing that piece, could you describe it for those who are listening to an audio-only version of this podcast? I'd be happy to. I, ha I made a piece for the uh, Wolf's Neck um, farm auction this summer, and um, the focus of the auction was for artists to have made piece that reflected climate change. And... Um, when I think of climate change, I think of, you know, all the, all the effects that are happening on the ocean and go back to my first knowledge of climate change. And that was reading one of Rachel Carson's books back in the 60s, The Sea Around Us. So I decided to use that book as an inspiration for the piece that I made, which is quite large. It's maybe... Um, I don't know, maybe two or three feet by, by three feet. It's, it's pretty big. And I made it as a collage. But I took some of Rachel Carson's quotes um, and incorporated that into a piece. So it's, um, and what I found about her quotes is that they are just as timely now as they were 50, 60 years ago. They um, haven't really changed. And, and the fact that we need to be, more observant to the world around us. If we all paid more attention, we'd all be more engaged in climate change happening was basically her point in the book. But um, so on one of those pieces, I did a horseshoe crab and then for that horseshoe crab piece, that's, it's maybe the, the horseshoe crab section of it's maybe um, eight by 12. I found some old horseshoe crab prints uh, woodblock type prints, and um, I put those under uh, a piece of clear glass, the actual prints, and then I sprinkle glass powder. I sift glass powder onto the clear glass and move that glass powder around 
So the image of the horseshoe crab that's underneath starts to appear. And then I'll fire that piece and which will melt the glass powder into the glass underneath it. And then I'll do it again. I'll sprinkle more powder on it and add more details and shading and things like that. And I think that piece that that Rachel Carson piece that I did, there was probably 15 different firings that I did for that piece. So that means every time I wanted to make a change to something, I would have to put the piece and sometimes it was just different components into the kiln, but sometimes it was the whole piece and then I'd add more detail. And each firing takes between 10 and 20 hours, depending on how big, how much glass is in the kiln. The more glass that's in the kiln, the longer the firing takes. Some of the other components I did in that piece is I took um, transparent glass and pulled pieces in my torch. So they, and twisted them as I pulled them to make them kind of look like seaweed um, and added those to the pieces. I have um, quotes from the book in that piece, um, actual words. And on those, I've also used glass powders and, and moved the glass powders around with a paintbrush. It's pretty time consuming to write letters with it. Um, I've also used some screens that I had made. Um, there's a sandpiper in that piece. Um, oh, some of the other things I did for that piece was pretty interesting is I took glass frit, which is um, chunk, chunks of glass that have been ground up to different consistencies. And I sprinkle those chunks of frit onto a piece of glass and then add some powder between the, the chunks and then melt it all down. So it kind of gives the texture of rocks and other places I've melted different layers of glass together to get different effects. And then at the end, I put them all together and fire them all together to a lower temperature where the glass just change, changes enough just to melt the surface so they all stick together. So they're like glued together, but they're glued with heat. So it was pretty time consuming process, but um, one I really enjoyed doing. So Lisa, how is your art an expression of you as a person and your view of the world? Well, I'm, I'm definitely drawn to things that have beautiful lines. And we talked about that earlier, boats or a beautiful tree, the sweep of, especially that I have this pine tree in our cove that I sit and look at from my house. And I'm, I'm just drawn to that. And um, I like graphic lines and graphic shadows. And I try to replicate those things in my art. And sometimes it's the, the color I see. Um, sometimes it's the shape of things that I see. And sometimes it's just that I'm inspired by something and, and um, will try to use those inspirations to create art. So as an artist, how do you think your work might engage people in caring about the ocean? Well, I hope that um, people would see something like, say they saw, for me, when I see a horseshoe crab, I, I go back to my house and I go, oh, 
they come in one, I didn't realize they only came in the, in the spring to lay eggs. And then I'll do some research and try to find out more about whatever it is that I'm curious about that day. And I hope that someone might see that horseshoe crab piece and say, oh, I remember seeing those as a kid and, and become more engaged and want to get out and see more nature or that it inspires somebody to want to create the art, maybe not necessarily be inspired by the ocean, but maybe be inspired to create art. How would you like others to react to and use your art? I would hope that you would look at the art and, and first, if you're drawn to it, would recognize that there's a quality to the piece, that there's been care and time, the piece is finished well. But beyond that is some curiosity about the art. How is this art made that you might ask yourself? How is this art made? Or what what do I want to know about the subject matter? Or where is it? Or what what intrigues me? Do I want to know more about the artist or, or their backgrounds? And that's what I do when I see art. It's like, I, I look at art and I go, oh, that's really interesting. And I wonder, I wonder how they made that. Or I wonder if I could make that. And, and that's what I see my art as kind of inspiring. I do like it when people smile or react positively. Of course, we all like that when that happens about anything, whether it's art or meeting your neighbor on the street. Um, so I guess it's the same reaction I would hope for all, all of that, through all of that. Thank you, Lisa. It's been really interesting and, and it's been a really heartfelt um, discussion with you. I have been speaking with Lisa Blanchard for the Women Mind the Water podcast series. The series can be viewed on womenmindthewater.com. An audio-only version of this podcast is available on the Women Mind the Water website and on iTunes. A special thanks to Jane for her Women of the Water soundtrack. This is Pam Ferris Olson. Thank you for listening.